0: Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done.
1: At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson on demand. Ron Dugay started following me last night. How about
2: that? How about that? How about that? These guys here. The guys with the full heads of hair. Don't even know. What did you call him? A Ron Dugwee? Like who is this Ron Dugwee? DO! Oh! This guy was Bon Jovi before there was Bon Jovi, okay? Good guy, Ron Dugay. He's coming up next week.
1: This is the Rod Peterson Show.
2: It certainly is. It's the second half kickoff, everybody. And
1: I can die now
2: at peace. I've interviewed Ron Duguay. And the best part is he wants to come back on soon because we were just getting heat. He answered all my questions last hour. Then he fired a few of me. He said, I see you're a hockey guy, so I want to know this. So, then we ran out of time. But we got another hockey guy here, our good and longtime friend Dale Durkacz. Do you hate it, Dirk, when I or anybody else refers to you as a Pat's icon? Does it bother you? It's it's a
3: little weird. Um, <laughs> I, I just think about it it's in weird. these terms. I just played hockey. You were young, yeah, when it was happening, and you just played the game. And uh, to be honest with you, I remember very little about playing the game. I remember the more about the people, the friends, of course, the teammates.
2: Uh, you just remind me of another icon, Roger Aldag, the great full Ra- foe. Love that guy. Uh, Rough Riders was career games play leader. And he's just like, just don't, don't tone it down with the icon stuff. I'm like, well, you've, if your picture's beside it in the dictionary, Raj. You know? So anyways, we're going to jump back in the, uh, the hockey here right away. I just want to give you the biggest item that's making it shake in the CFL today. And to be honest, we snuffed it out as soon as it started. So don't get too, up, too worked up when you hear this. A rogue... Players Association, the United Football Players Association, which none of us, frankly, had ever heard of, sent out a statement this morning that said, we are aware of the announcements that have been put out this week Regarding a partnership between the XFL and CFL, as well as the possibility that the 2022 XFL season may be postponed. Our number one priority is and always will be providing the players with transparency and empowerment of whatever situation with which we are faced. To that end, multiple sources, including former and current league coaches and executives, have indicated to us that there is a strong likelihood that the CFL may cancel the 2021 and 2022 seasons as well. We will be contacting management from both leagues to discuss what we as players should be aware of moving forward. The first meeting for this players' association was six weeks ago. Okay, like it's, nobody's heard of these guys. I did talk to some football people today. They're like, "Well, we've heard of them, but they don't have an association with a CFLPA." You can't send out a statement citing rumors. This is, huh, fake news stuff. And it's, it looks very good, Dirk. You know, you could tell we would just fool you if you were a fan and if you were a player. And players are DMing me saying, do you know who this guy is? Do you know what this is all about? The players are downright scared. Very in, irresponsible of them to send out that statement. CFL has refuted it. All the reporters have. They've gone to the CFL for sourcing. And I'm like, I don't even need to go to the CFL. No, this is not happening. So that's, it's a tempest in the teapot, and I hope that we put the lid on it. So anyways, we got Dale Dirkatch here in his 491 points career with the uh, Regina Pats, and he's on our Pats broadcast crew tonight, Pats Warriors, 8 p.m. We just got to talk for a second, please, about Connor Bedard. There was a question in here from Nelson Hakowich about scouting him and what your scouting report would be on him, Dale. I'm trying to find the exact question from him. As a scout, it's on the screen. As a scout, what is your report on Bedard? Yes, he can play, but where... Can he get better, and how can the Pats leverage that skill? I think my definition of that is how can they start winning with his skill? You know what I mean? They got him yep. with two older guys as it is, yep. and they're not winning. But this is what I wrote on the weekend. I said the way he darts in and out, he kind of looks like a mouse. You know what a mouse is jumping around, squeaking through holes? That's what he looks like. We got a mouse and a rat. It would be perfect. Kevin Gallant would be so proud. But. Yep. The- <laughs> But then I thought, who wants to be called a mouse? Who wants to be called a rat? Worked for you. Sure did. But there's something shifty about him. Yes,
3: very good. Uh, I think that part of it, the shiftiness, is he's got very good edges. I mean, lots of edge work. Um, uh, He's got generally everything. I mean, he's got patience. He's got poise with the puck. He's got skill. Uh, he's got hockey sense. Uh, someone said on the broadcast the puck follows him. Well, no, that was I mentioned me. it. He goes <laughs> to where the puck's going to be. That's a Wayne Gretzky thing. Um, but uh, he, he's just got it all. The, the only area that I think he might need to improve, and, and that'll come with strength, is, is maybe just a little bit of get up and go the first couple steps. But other than that, I think he's got uh, it all. He's got a great shot. Uh, the, the goal I really liked was uh, in uh, this, their second game uh, this weekend oh. where he ripped it top shelf. Right
2: top in left corner.
3: corner, yeah. Oh, beautiful shot. Again, he was given a lot of time and space, but I think he was given that time and space by the Saskatoon defenseman because the defenseman was a little worried he might get burnt. So, backed off.
2: It's only two games into his career. Actually, when he sco- scored that goal, it was a game and a half into his career. So, now guys are wary of him. You know what I mean? And I'm saying at 15, he's making some veteran goalies, some very good goalies look average at 15. So there's that. And just lastly, before we move on and other things, but we're talking about the next potentially Connor, but Connor McDavid and Jonathan Tavares. He's got this exceptional player status, the shooting pros, which I didn't really realize there are now there weren't when I was. You know, working full-time in the league. But they're saying he's got an Austin Matthews-type shot and at 18 should have a shot that rivals Austin Matthews for release and power. How do you... Do you buy that?
3: Well, I wouldn't put it right up there with Austin Matthews yet. I mean, but he does have a quick release. And uh, one of the goals he scored in uh, Game 1 on the, um, the weekend... He changed the angle of the shot. That's another thing um, that you work on and you teach players to do. He came in, he beat a player, and then he, uh, the next player he went down on, he shifted the puck and he, and he dragged it in. And, and quick shot with moving the puck and changing the direction and the angle, tough for the goalie to stop, and
2: it ended up in the back of the net. By the way, folks, one more time, 8 p.m. tonight, Access Now Television, I'll have the call. Dale's the analyst. And Darren DuPont has the color um, to the NHL and Bruce Boudreaux coming up next segment from uh, the NHL network. And y'all know Gabby. Uh, I saw this insiders trading thing or whatever on SportsCenter center last night. And the guys were saying how, the NHL people are a little concerned about the glare on this interdivisional play. Did you see that? The people are making too much into a, a winning streak, a losing streak, a this or that. They said the hockey people can handle it, the GMs can handle it, but the media and the fans are going too nuts with the results from a night-to-night basis. Number one, I thought, boo-hoo. It's exactly what you want. But are we jumping to too many conclusions and general generalities Probably. about these games? Probably, Roddy, right, but... It just seems like there's so
3: much hockey on. Maybe uh, because I I had been scouting in the past and I hadn't been watching as many games. It just seems like there's so many games and they're playing every night. And yeah, people are, are, you know, with their team. They're a little nervous. Oh, they lost two in a row. They dropped in the standings. Oh, they won two in a row. Now they move up in the standings. I think people look too closely at it just because it's such a condensed schedule and it's happening very quick. And like I said, it seems like they're playing... Even a, a team that you like to watch, it seems like they're playing like every night, even though they're not. It's every second night, then maybe they'll have a couple of days off, but it just seems like it's happening very quickly, so people get a little nervous that if you lose a few, you're out. Now we win a few. Oh, now we're great. We're up at the top. I think it's just a little little much. And yeah, I think the divisions, the, I, I think it would be nice to see teams play each other. Like A lot of has been talked about about the Maple Leafs <laughs> and being at the top in, in their division, which... Uh, they're a great team, obviously. I work for them, and, and I think they're fantastic. But I would like to see them play Tampa and Boston and see how they would do against them this year. I think things are a little tighter. I think the Leafs would make things a little tougher on those teams now.
2: From viewer James Thrice watching on YouTube, he says, The fans are just too invested, and this is bad or something i know but this is how people think it's like the pa raiders being upset the other night that Connor bedard got the first star when the raiders won six three i'm like guys two months ago you didn't even think you're going to be playing can we can it with the complaining here you know but i i get it no the hockey people are going oh the people are getting too wound up that's what you want and be happy that you're playing incidentally dale the Florida Panthers have the number one overall record in the NHL, the latest into the season for them in franchise history. Where did the Florida Panthers come from?
3: Fantastic team, Roddy. I I'm, happen to watch a lot of hockey on TV um, in, in the last couple of months, and fantastic team, a lot of skill. Uh, their captain, Barkov, great player. It's too bad You say Florida, people don't see them enough or the interest isn't there enough. Like if a guy like Barkov was in Canada, we'd be talking about him all the time. Fantastic player. Maybe in the top six, seven players
2: in the league. My guy Biz Nasty said the other day, Paul Bissonnette, that he he thinks Barkov's the most underrated player in the National Hockey League.
3: Well, Paul's smart.
2: (laughs) Well, yes, he he actually he is. He acts (laughs) dumb. He's like Tiger Williams, smart guy who acts dumb. Most people are the opposite. But would you say Barkov's the most underrated player in the NHL?
3: Well, that, that's a good statement because people do not see him enough or people don't give Florida enough respect or watch them enough unless you have family or, or a player on there that you really like to actually sit down and watch them. I, I have not watched them a lot but late, uh, over the last few years, but lately I have, and they have a lot of good players. Vincent Trocek, another player, fantastic player. So they've got a really good team. And a great coach. Yeah, very. Look at him. How many cups? I don't know. (laughs) A few.
2: I think he's the uh, coach of the year. Well, so far, I would say he's the first half coach of the year. If they handed out such a thing. Right? Very good. Yeah, very good. Uh, From our viewers, from Darren Bradley, we call him Caesar. Panthers equals scouting. Well, of course. That's the heartbeat of the organization, of any organization. Honestly, man, if I owned a team, Dale, I would direct all my money into scouting because that's all that matters. I don't care.
3: It It's it, very important, Rod, <laughs> but the funny part is it's usually the last thing that gets any you know money or stuff thrown at it from a lot of organizations because you don't see it all the time. You don't see it every day. It's just a, a buildup of a year for one or two days in a year when you have the draft. So it kind of gets forgotten about because... Day-to-day stuff's more important, obviously. You know, how the team's playing, trades. That's happening day-to-day consistently. The scouting, you're gone, you're out there, you're kind of out of sight, out of mind. um, And and it gets left by some teams, which I agree, that is not the way you got to build through the draft. You got to build through the draft at at all levels.
2: Well, amazing. And one of my favorite stories ever is from the great Les Jackson, right? Longtime Minnesota Dallas guy. And he said that the business person, like the uh, accountant, the person that writes the checks, came into his office and said, who's this Jim Peterson guy? For those that don't know, that's my dad. They had to cut him a check for something. And the accountant's like, I never see him. Who is he? And Les goes, you won't. <laughs> He's in Canada up there. He's in Canada finding us hockey players. Right? Then Then that's, that's the thing. But the thing is, if you directed more money to scouting as opposed to marketing, you don't need to worry about marketing because you're going to win. And you're going to fill the barn anyways. From Rob Vanstone, the Hall of Fame writer from the Leader Post, post-media chain, underrated equals Dale Durkacz. He could have lit it up in the NHL too. We've had those talks. There's a lot of great players that were drafted by the Edmonton Oilers who had tryouts in the 80s that didn't get a tryout or a chance because it was the Edmonton Oilers. Have you reconciled that in your life, Dale? Any other team you might have probably cracked?
3: You know what, Rod? I was lucky. I got to play pro hockey for 14 years over in Europe. Uh, Yeah, I look back. It would have been nice. Uh, I never went to a training camp. It so happened the first training camp I would have attended, I was playing with the Canadian Olympic team, and we were over in Sweden. So Edmonton, I wasn't going to make the team that year. They said stay stay with the Olympic team. And then I never ended up signing. Mm. Uh, and uh, I ended up over in Europe for a few years. Uh, I ended up in Finland for three years in their top league, and Edmonton then offered me another contract, but it was a two-way contract. This was before any of the strikes that they had and the big money, and I was moving from Finland down to Germany. Very good contract. Uh, I I ended up making more money in Germany than I would have if I played the NHL. So that's my fault for not taking the chance. The team the, the Oilers had, I mean... Number one, center Gretzky. Number two, center Messier. Then a checking center. Who I don't Where's know. Dale Where am I fitting in? You know, and I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, haven't gotten any taller. I've gotten a little bigger. Yeah. But uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't see it that they really had me in their plans uh, based on the contract offers.
2: I got to make this quick, and uh, and then we'll let Dale go. But from Ian Crosby, from Crosby Holsteins. Dairy guy, he says, how much do you guys expect the top six in the North Division to be shaken up between now and the playoffs? Were you reading my diary? That's what I was thinking about last night, and I was trying to go to sleep. Here's how I think it's going to shake out. Not in order, but I think it's going to be the Leafs, and then every team around us here in the Bermuda Triangle of the NHL where we live. Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, and then Toronto. Those four teams. Missing the playoffs, Vancouver, Montreal, and obviously Ottawa. That's what I think. And I think it would be an absolute bonanza for us in this area. What do you got? Uh,
3: similar. Um, uh, I think anyone can beat anyone on any night, but the consistency uh, would, would go with the teams that you picked those four, uh, Vancouver, I might, I might have them sneaking in, maybe, and knocking out one of the teams, maybe in Alberta, might, uh, might miss, but uh, I like Winnipeg. I like Winnipeg. Yeah. I know, they've, you know they're not always totally consistent, but
2: they've got a good team. I like that team. Would you take Don- Tony D'Angelo on your team if you were the Winnipeg Jets?
3: I think you have to make sure you have the right character. and if you have So the that's right- a no. <laughs> no, I- I'm not saying no. I'm saying if you feel your leadership and character in your room is strong... You could add a guy like that. yeah. yeah, care of a guy like that, and that wouldn't disrupt, then maybe you can. Yes.
2: Dirk, you're the best. And another guy like that is Frank Kovacs, who is watching. He's the Regina Pats career games played leader. Frankie, he says, great show today. Love it. So uh, forgive the Pats love, but we are God's team. See you tonight, Dirk. You bet you, Rod. Looking forward to it. All right. Bruce Boudreau in next. You're watching the RP Show on a big hockey day on Game Plus TV, YouTube and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports talk streaming for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com.
1: Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got to subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Support for The Rod Peterson Show is
2: brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Dupes, have I told you about Manscaped? (laughs) You've started to. I've had it for a week. Let me tell you, we've been doing it wrong. We have. Yeah, ask me why. Yeah, why? Because (laughs) I don't know where to start. I used to have to use two razors. Did I tell you that? I was doing an acrobatic act over the toilet and the sink. I had a big hair trimmer. I had a face shaver. None of those were made for below-the-waist grooming. That's a safety hazard. (sighs) Don't tell anybody, but I don't have to worry about it anymore because the Lawnmower 3.0 is specifically designed for men's below-the-waist grooming. And your introductory package comes with a pair of boxer briefs, which I gave to you. Yes, not worn, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) No, I pulled them out of the package. When you order yours, you'll get a pair of underwear. This was a large, didn't fit me, so I gave them to you. You're welcome. Thank you. And it also comes with anti chafing lotion. Where has this been all our lives? I know. So I used to get those Nicky things. You must have too. You just <laughs> nick yourself. Yes. And you're bleeding. Doesn't happen because the lawnmower 3.0 comes with a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Man, manscape <laughs> calls them. So, what more do you want to know? When you when you use the lawnmower 3.0, you use the anti-shaving cream. You leave the house feeling like you've just left a spa. The chafing—that's the worst, right? Rubbing between the legs. Anti-chafing lotion, 20% off with the promo code FANSIDED20. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use code FANSIDED20.
1: Oh yeah, he's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Big hockey day today, everybody.
2: And uh, coming up next segment and the rest of the show, we will talk with viewer takeover on the CFL XFL News today. But it's planned as a hockey show, and why not? It is March, after all. Bruce Boudreaux played 141 NHL games, mostly with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And you know him as a head coach of the National Hockey League with the Capitals, Ducks, and Wild. Now he's at the NHL Network. And he joins us uh, on uh, video chat. How you doing, Bruce? I'm doing well. How are you guys today? We're fantastic. Or Where are you how are joining? You today? Us- I'm couldn't be better. It's game day, Pats and Warriors tonight. Where are, you- <laughs> Where are you joining us from, Bruce? I'm in Hershey,
0: PA, right now.
2: Now is that is that your long time home, or what? What takes you to Hershey, Pennsylvania?
0: Well, when I coached here in the American League, um, me and my wife, we just loved it here and. So we sort of kept the house because when you go do the NHL gig, you never know how long it's gonna be. So uh, we didn't buy a house in Washington. We kept coming back here. Um, we didn't buy a house in Anaheim. We didn't, uh, so we kept coming back here. We sold the house and we moved lock stock in uh, Minnesota and uh, that didn't work out uh, 100% the way I wanted it to. So uh, this was uh, a place we have a lot of friends and we thought we'd come back here and, uh, and uh, see how it works. Good See for you. Out.
2: Good for you. Of all the places, Hershey is where they settle. A good friend of mine, Garrett Mitchell, played there for a long, long time. You probably know Mitchie. So, Bruce, you I saw know Mitchie the, the,
0: very well. Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, he's in Rockford right now, but uh, he works out uh, at the gym and golfs at the same course as I do in the summer.
2: Yeah, he is a physical, physical specimen for sure. And I guess while we're talking... Connections. I have to say this. One of my hockey analysts, Jared Dumba, has texted me and he says, can you tell Bruce that his son, Benny, is one of my closest friends? Jared Dumba from the Hockey Dumba family. Where those guys must have got together playing minors somewhere.
0: Yeah, I, I have no idea, but I will talk to Ben myself and I'll find out exactly where the connection is.
2: Yeah, Jared Dumba. So, Bruce, I want to start with the point that you might have seen us discussing earlier. Are we getting too geeked up? As fans and analysts, with the results on a nightly basis, with this new divisional alignment, because the GMs in Canada are saying, "Stand down, guys."
0: Well, when, when you mean geeked up, do you mean uh, about the uh, the Everything. closeness of the race or the talent of the oh. of the North? Uh, what are we? Everything? What are we really talking about? Well, the glare is very I, intense. I think we we are a little bit. I mean, Canadians <laughs> get geeked up about their hockey, and uh, and that's what they do, but. You know what, um, I've talked to a couple GMs and uh, a lot of scouts, and they've said, uh, you know what, uh, uh, the North isn't as strong as a couple of the other divisions, so it's uh, it'll be interesting to see when they start playing um, in the semifinals.
2: Can I ask how much you're enjoying the analyst thing? And I mean, until now, I just read off your resume. You've been in hockey the whole time. How are you enjoying the analyst role?
0: Well, it's keeping me busy. Um, I don't mind it because you're talking hockey, and that's what I enjoy doing. I mean, I'd rather be doing what I've been doing for the last twenty five years uh, now, which uh, is coaching. And um, but uh, it's better than uh, not having anything to do about or, or with hockey. I mean, we own uh, two junior teams, uh, two that so that keeps us busy. Uh, Uh, not major junior, but like, I mean, uh, basically a tier three junior in the U S and that keeps us busy as well. But uh, doing the analyst uh, thing at the NHL network, and then I work on caps TV, you know, five times or six times a month. So it's you're definitely still talking hockey with the people that, you know, so it's a, it's, it's it's pretty good uh, deal.
2: Where are the teams, Bruce?
0: That we own, we own a, a team in Minnesota. Um, and we just bought a team in Hershey uh, and we're working at putting that thing all together. I mean, the team in Minnesota we've had for four years has gone really well and uh, they just won their championship. They're off to the Nationals uh, tomorrow, which uh, is being played in in Norfolk, Virginia this year. And uh, and we start uh, our team in September um, in Hershey, which uh, should be pretty cool just with the hockey history that's gone on in Hershey.
2: Congratulations. Well, junior hockey is my favorite brand of hockey because of the people, the kids, and the fact that it's, I call it, perfectly imperfect. You know what I mean? A 7-1 lead might not be safe because we're dealing with teenage boys. It's the best. <laughs> you know, yeah,
0: yeah, and you know what I was, I was telling, telling somebody yesterday about – the, one of the great things about junior hockey is they will come out and they will you will get every ounce of energy from them and they're not playing for any money you know i mean it's they're playing because they love the game and then and they just uh, um, uh, want to compete so I mean that's a real fun part about it
2: And coaches in it for the love of the game, too. I'm just going to turn this over to the viewers, uh, Bruce, because you're so popular. There's so many many great questions here. Uh, From Joseph David, he's a senator's podcaster, or he's a senator's podcaster, but he says, ask Bruce about what Buffalo offered him because I guarantee they came knocking recently.
0: (laughs) Any truth to that? Nobody has come knocking to me at all. Um, uh, you know, and I've gotten that question a lot these days, uh, uh, you know, coming from the Toronto St. Catharines area, but, uh, um, no, I mean, uh, uh I can honestly tell everybody that, uh, I haven't talked to anybody in Buffalo yet.
2: Okay. There you go. See, we clear things up. That's, what's great about these shows, Dirk, right? We get to the heart of the matter fast. Uh, Bruce from Craig Campbell at the hockey hall of fame in downtown Toronto is watching. He says, what are your memories of playing in the WHA with the Minnesota fighting saints? Also the Carlson brothers as teammates. Those of course being the Hampson's that must've been. A yeah, lot of fun.
0: no, no. Those are actually, um, I was only there 36 games when we folded in, uh, that first year. But the one thing I did know is, uh, uh, the WHA was built on on toughness. I mean, they weren't going to be uh, better skilled players than the NHL. They'd add a couple veteran skilled players, but everything else was let's see who could beat each other up. And uh, um, I, have, I obviously was not one of those guys that beat people up, but the Carlsons, the Carlsons were, and uh, we all played together, and they were great guys, and they still got this great gig going on that Slapshot uh, gig that they do in almost every arena in North America uh, during the course of a year. But uh, they were tough and the movie Slapshot was pretty well based around them. And, and it's loosely based, the, the story is how they won that one year. Um, but uh, a lot of that stuff is close to being the truth.
2: I did an event with them last year. I'd never met them before in Saskatoon. One of them got so drunk he fell off the stage and i thought this is like being in the movie <laughs> this is not acting it was uh, they're quite they're quite the crew i like this question from joe yeah. hamilton he's watching in st louis i'm very interested to get your answer he says what's the key for being a successful head coach in the national hockey league
0: have a good team <laughs> good
4: players yeah <laughs>
0: it's, it's probably the best answer but i mean no i mean you know what uh being consistent being a good communicator uh i think are are really important in today's day and age uh you know and 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 you know getting people to play the right way i mean uh, i look at the the coaches that have been successful uh that are successful on a consistent basis and they get their teams to play the same way the right way all the time i mean uh you look at the barry trotzes and the joel quinville's and and you know in boston bruce cassidy and and these guys uh their teams are consistently playing the same way they've got some great players mind you but at the same time they play the same way and uh, they have success uh almost constantly but the whole coaching carousel i mean uh it's tough to last in one place um more than four or five years i mean john cooper is i think the longest uh tenured coach in the nhl right now and and uh he he's got great owners and a great gm and and they've had patience with him because they know he's a really good coach and just because they didn't win the cup every year that they made have should have won it they kept him going and eventually they won they won it so i mean Kudos to the Tampa ownership and management uh, uh, for keeping John, um, even though John is a tremendous coach.
2: We have a lot of Winnipeg viewers, and one of them, John Ohm, writes in and says, Bruce, did you ever find Winnipeg an intimidating place to play in, i.e. crowd and rink?
0: You know what, when I first um, went there, yes, and especially in the playoffs, my first First time through with uh, Anaheim in the, the first couple games with everybody wearing white, uh, they were so loud. Um, you know, 15,000 people is all it holds, but you didn't think people could be that loud. And uh, they were. And uh, probably never heard the arena louder than the first night uh, Solani came back and uh, played there. And it was uh, absolutely deafening, but uh, gives you goosebumps. Uh, gave us all goosebumps just through the game. And when I think about it, uh, the goosebumps you get, just thinking about how that evening went.
2: From Troy Colmer, watching on Facebook Live, he says, I remember Bruce going between the Miners and the Leafs as a kid and never understood why he didn't get a real long stint. What's his opinion why the Leafs never gave him a good long look? He was always a contributor. When with the Leafs, did he get hosed? (laughs) That from Troy. You know
0: know what, I've been asking that question for 40 years myself. Um, I never could quite understand it. Uh, uh, There was times when uh, early on in the career, uh, there was one time I had 26 points in 23 games being called up and then I got sent down uh, and I never played the power play. So, I mean, but when you're from Toronto and you wanted to be be a Toronto Maple Leaf uh, so badly and in those days, you, you never uh, complained or you never said too much, and I never did anything. I just went down, and if I had a sort of stood my ground, I think, and said, uh, I don't want to do this anymore, I get rid of me, trade me, um, it, I probably would have been able to stay in the NHL a little bit longer. But I don't regret anything I did. Uh, I loved playing in Toronto, and uh, I loved being a Maple Leaf probably more than anything.
2: From... Viewer Josh Elliott, he says, Babcock has said since being out of the league, he's proud about his tiki bar that he's built. What has Bruce been up to since being out of the league?
0: Building any tiki bars? What's kept you busy, Bruce? No, Bruce is not. Well, just hockey. I mean, I've been out uh, now for a year and um, but uh, I've been you know, uh, like I said, I got the two junior teams that keeps me busy. My son is a a coach in the East Coast League. Uh, My other son is a skills development uh, coach where he runs his own business in Banff. And uh, so, I mean, and and my other son is the coach of the Minnesota team in junior. So, I mean, uh, the kids are keeping me busy. We have five hockey schools that we run every summer. Um, that we've been doing for 35 uh, years plus. So uh, hockey's in my blood. It's all I know, so it's all we do.
2: Good for you. Producer Clark has a comment in question. He says, the East Division, the Mass Mutual East Division, seems to be a heavyweight fight every night. Who survives the regular season out of that division? Might be easier to say who will miss. It's it's, it's fascinating, Bruce. You'd have to agree. Well,
0: it's, it's it's pretty easy to see who's going to miss um buffalo and jersey aren't going to make it uh, i can tell you that but um it is i watch a lot of the the east games especially when i'm doing caps tv uh and uh the you know what uh, it goes week to week you don't know like uh three weeks ago philadelphia was solidly in now they're on the outside looking in pittsburgh was on the outside looking in now they're playing so well that they're creeping up on everybody the islanders have won nine in a row and they're still only six points out of a playoff spot i think um and eventually they're gonna lose uh, the caps are the same thing so and the bruins are going on under a little bit of a slide right now and if uh who would have thought that the bruins are only two points out of a play are two points up on a playoff spot at this time so i mean um those games are um so intense as i do think the north is starting to get now that calgary's got um satsey coaching and he's got that team turned around a little bit there's five teams with vancouver maybe the sixth team uh on the outside uh, looking in for the four spots, and every game they play is is uh, is really a, a game to watch. I, I, I'm enjoying all of this, especially when it comes down after the trade deadline. These last 20 games are going to be fabulous.
2: Bruce, we've got 90 seconds. If you don't mind, I'm just going to fire some rapid-fire questions at you just to appease the viewers. Ricky Kazama watching from Ballers Rec Room, one of our sponsors.
0: And your opinion, who's better, Crosby or Ovi? um at this stage i think um crosby's got more energy but nobody's gonna ever uh score more than obi uh, either one of those guys, uh, or sydney's never going to score more than Ovi.
2: from jack fulton in vulcan alberta who is the most talented player you've ever coached
0: that would have to be uh Oveskin. i mean i've had solani and um Getzlaff and perry Uh, but uh, Oveshkin when he was 21 and 22 years old was uh, a marvel to watch and uh, he did things on a nightly basis that uh, no other player will ever duplicate.
2: Jeff Kabilis watching in Winnipeg says do you have a favorite player you've ever coached? Same answer or different?
0: Yeah I I have a few I mean um, uh, Nick Backstrom, uh, Andrew Cogliano, uh, Jared Spurgeon, all these guys, I mean, the Brooks Lake from, from Saskatchewan. Uh, he's from Saskatoon, I think, maybe. Um, uh, well, Wowoda, Saskatchewan. One of the two. Well, Wowoda, Saskatchewan. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, one of my favorite uh, players to coach of uh, all time. I mean, a lot of times there are unheralded players uh, like Dave Steckel and Quentin Lang and these guys that work so hard to get to the – uh, the pinnacle of the NHL and play there and they'll do anything to get there. And those are the guys coaches admire an awful lot.
2: And, uh, there's been quite a few comments come in here about Bob Woods, whom you've had in every stop from Leroy, Saskatchewan. Why did you love this guy so much, Bruce?
0: Well, I mean, uh, he was a good, uh, loyal, um, guy that knew his stuff. And, uh, you know, I had him in the East Coast League. I brought him under Hershey, brought him to Washington, brought him to Anaheim, and brought him to Minnesota. So, I mean, um, I think every coach has one person that they they love to have uh, by their side, and uh, Bob was my guy.
2: Fantastic, great guy. I don't think he cared for riding the buses too much in that brief time in Saskatoon when he
0: came back. I'd, I'd have no, to. No, I mean, I'd get the I I get the calls. I mean it's tough i'll tell you once you've been to the nhl and you get treated the way you do up there and as great as junior is and i love there's probably three of the best years i ever uh, had in my life uh, playing junior it's tough to go back and uh, um you know and you know bob had a kick at the can there and but once he got the opportunity to go back to buffalo uh which was close to his wife's house uh where she's from in utica i thought it was a uh, it was a move that he was, I knew he was going to make.
2: Absolutely fantastic visit, Bruce. We covered a lot of ground, and we're enjoying watching you on TV now. Hope to see you back behind a bench soon, and uh, thanks for jumping on with us today.
0: I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys.
2: Thanks, Bruce. The NHL Network's Bruce Boudreau. When we come back, sports update, curling report, and the CFL XFL news. And don't forget, it's game night, everybody. 8 p.m. Mountain, Regina Pats, Moose Jaw Warriors. We'll have the call on Access Now TV. But for now, you're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV, live daily on YouTube and Facebook, and 24-hour sports talk for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Listen live.
1: Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got to subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Made back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rod. Yeah.
2: And I listen, you can't wait, nor can I, for Darren DuPont, for Moose DuPont to join us. Apparently he's too, too busy to come on here right now until the overtime segment, but <laughs> there you go. He feels like we misconstrued Ron Dugay's comments about him way back in hour one, okay? So he wants to come out and straighten that out where he got Darren's name wrong, the great Ron Duguay. So I'm looking forward to that. We have a lot of business to take care of right now. First, I'll read a uh, sports update. Two of the top teams in the National Hockey League square off tonight. The Washington Capitals host the New York Islanders in a marquee matchup in the East Division, the Mass Mutual East Division. The Islanders are two points ahead of the Capitals in the race for top spot. It is one of seven All-American games on the schedule tonight. Jaken Smallwood scored twice, and his Winnipeg Ice survived a scare from the Swift Current Broncos in a 6-4 victory Monday evening in the WHL Eastern Hub. In the Ice's home opener, they outshot Swift Current 15-1 in the first period, jumped out to to a 2-0 lead. Broncos scored three straight over the final 40 minutes, however, to close the gap to 5-4. However, Peyton Krebs iced it for Winnipeg with an empty netter with 13 seconds remaining. Broncos faced the Regina Pats Wednesday at 8 p.m. on Access Now TV. But before that, tonight, Pats and Warriors. Meanwhile, the WHL announced Monday that Medicine Hat Tigers defenseman Cole Clayton has been named WHL Player of the Week. He recorded seven points in three games for the Tigers last season. Uh, on this season. The league also announced that Moose Jaw Warriors goalie Boston Billis has been named WHL Goalie of the Week. He helped the Warriors get out to a perfect 2 0 record. The veteran Netminder has a 1.90 GAA 920 save percentage. Tanner Rourke gets the start for the Toronto Blue Jays as they return to preseason action against the Philadelphia Phillies today. The righty hasn't allowed a run in five innings this spring. Righty Aaron Nola starts for the Phils. This sports update for Dubnetwork.ca, your number one source for Western Hockey League breaking news and analysis with the best team of writers across Western Canada and the Pacific Northwest. Visit today, Dubnetwork.ca. And for Ben Cahoon's G2G Protein Bars, now with eight amazing flavors, including the new Almond Mocha, RP Show viewers get 20% off with the promo code RP Show. Order yours now at G2GBars.ca. I'll come back around to the curling report in a moment. But first, don't we always love viewer takeover and viewer comments? I know I do. So from Metal Shingle Guy, he writes in on the Prairie Mobile text line, 306-840-8777. He says, what's the number one XFL podcast, Rod. I don't actually know. I'm going on it later today. Let me look it up. The number one XFL podcast is based in Seattle, I believe. And it is called the XFL Markcast. I'm sorry. It's out of Washington, D.C. The XFL Mark podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at XFL Mark. And I'll be on that podcast. Uh, well, the re-interview is this afternoon. I'm not sure when he's going to post it. XFL Mark podcast is the number one podcast in the XFL. Devin and Regina writes in Perry mobile text line. It was an absolute privilege to grow up watching Dale Durkach play hockey. He could handle his business too. So tough guys are great, but I've seen Dale drop the gloves and go at center ice. He could back it up. What a player, the best Pat ever. He is. And we had him the rat earlier on Brady in Saskatoon writes in. Hey, Rod, the Patriots are not championship contenders based on the hiring of Cam Newton. He's extremely inaccurate and is more suitable for the running back position. Habs and Price played a fantastic game yesterday. So no, the Habs didn't win it. The Jets lost it. The Habs won it. That was my commentary uh, this morning or my sorry it was my nhl leftovers that the habs didn't win it in winnipeg last night the jets lost it and i stand by that even though i do know that price made stop 34 36 shots last night hey i love C- carrie price the price is still right but winnipeg needs to learn to play defense It's what happens when you have a Vezina winning goalie in net you tend to uh leave everything up to him Curling report. Ratings for the Briars significantly compared to the championship game. They tumbled significantly compared to last year's championship. Brendan Botcher defeated Wild Card 2's Kevin Cooey on Sunday night at Calgary's Mark and McPhail Center for his first career Briar title. The final drew an average audience of 728,000 viewers, down 33% from the 1.09 million who watched last year according to ratings data provided by TSN. The drop follows a similar ratings decrease for last month's Canadian Women's Curling Championship, the first of seven major events in the Calgary bubble. Numbers for the Scotties final between Carrie Anerson and Ontario's Rachel Holman were down 30% from last year when the two went up against each other. The 2021 domestic curling tour calendar was quite limited due to COVID-19. Other sports have experienced similar ratings declines after pausing due to the pandemic. The Curling Report is sponsored by Verge Agriculture, helping farmers plan and optimize their operations across every field. Visit vergeag.com to learn more today. And I have to tell you this. Did you know Verge Agriculture has a podcast? And they've asked me to come on it to talk about farming and mental health. I guess I—I guess if I don't still farm, but I own farmland, that doesn't make me a farmer, does it, guys? But I was a farmer. And uh, so I look forward to being on the Verge Agriculture Podcast talking farming, crop production, and uh, mental health. Darren, or is it Daryl? Daryl. Moose DuPont joins us next for overtime. Hang on, it's coming up. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV, Facebook and YouTube Live. And 24-hour sports talk for Suds full-service car wash at rodpeterson.com.
1: Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got to subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now... Back to the studio with Rock. Hey, Kay, welcome back. We have a special guest. Hang on. There's two things I got to take
2: care of. When I said that I was asked to go on the Verge Agriculture podcast, talk mental health and farming, Todd Pinkney Pinks, writes in, he says, you never lose your farming background or knowledge, nor work ethic, nor work ethic. People in the media complain to me about their workload. I'm like, <clears throat> you're working long hours. You're not working. Stop it. Trevor Bazzillo in Winnipeg says, I was a farmer. Farmers unite. And Jamie in Halifax writes in. He says, hey, everyone. A female was part of the play-by-play tandem here in Halifax for the Q Halifax Mooseheads game over the weekend. The female's name was Kenzie Lalonde, East Link Television in Halifax. First ever lady to do play-by-play in the Q and maybe even in the whole CHL. A great accomplishment for Kenzie and maybe another... And maybe other females will hear her story and want to do the same thing. Thank you, Jamie, for acknowledging that. All right, all right. We got Daryl Moose DuPont here. (laughs) He's wearing his name tag. People by now have seen that we think Ron Duguay must up your name. Yeah. (laughs) There you go, Daryl. Where's your other brother, Daryl?
4: But you think you think Dugay? You think we mistook it? There's a chance. I think there's a chance because you had come in reading the sports update. He'd been watching for ten minutes. He said, and and you brought up the flames, and they're three and zero under Daryl Sutter, and then you moved on, and he comes in and says, you're not giving Daryl enough screen time. Right. And enough talk, enough talk, enough, ta- enough airtime. And we joked. And then, you know, you kind of introduced me as Daryl. I think he thinks my name is Daryl, by the way. <laughs> Anyways, regardless of whether this is true or not. And then as soon as he had the chance at the end, he's like, yeah, there's things I want to talk to you about. And the first one was Daryl Sutter. So that's made me think that he just wanted to talk more about Daryl Sutter. But if he thinks I'm Daryl, I'm cool with that, too. What did you think of the interview with Ron doesn't, oh, he, dis- he didn't disappoint, did he? No. And the thing I took away from that is... I need uh, to come up with $35,000 to shine up the teeth. That's the price tag. That's what we learned today. He should have gone to Mexico. (laughs) Uh, John Ohm
2: watching in Winnipeg. Ohm. Just when you think this show couldn't get any better, boom. Tip of the cap to the RPS today. Awesomeness. Wayne in Victoria, BC. It's been another great show and guests. Thanks, guys. Chris Robinson, watching in Southern Ontario, says the briar in Kingston was one of the best. Every year they say it's the greatest briar ever. That's my observation from a non curling guy, which is cool. What do we say with the Super Bowl this year? Greatest matchup ever. The party's always good, yeah, right? Exactly. It's always good. Uh, XFL, CFL, I, I, I'm annoyed because, listen, I do. I'm guilty of stirring things up. I just did it on the weekend with the Grey Cup fan base thing. But it's still my opinion, and I didn't back down. I didn't say anything that I didn't believe. This business with this United Football Players Association, I got players still today DMing me. And the one thing that I'm proud of is that the players know that they can come to me and get the truth, or at least the truth as I believe it highly irresponsible of the guy that runs United Football Players Association to say players and coaches are hearing that the CFL is going to scrap this season and next season. And I'm pretty sure I haven't misread that, Darren, but I'd be pretty upset if I was the CFL.
4: Oh, for sure. You know, and and just the fact that you have to now come out and defend this statement, you know, to your players, or at least have communication with the Players Association, because you know that the CFLPA now is banging down the CFL store saying, what's going on here? Is this even close to being credible? Who are the sources? Now, I understand all the CFL sources will say, we're working on a season, because I like you, I believe that they are working really hard in the season. And this undermines that, but it just becomes a headache for them. And... Again, don't believe everything you read. Go to your sources. And we walked in here this morning. I said, it's a non-story because who is this? What's the entity? You know, are our sources saying this, yours and mine, and more importantly, yours? No. So then it's not a story, but we have to react to it because that's the age of the internet.
2: That's why it's very important to be able to be trusted. Mm -hmm. And i got to be honest, when I was hauled in and told to lie on the air and I said I wouldn't do it in a prior job and they couldn't get what do you mean no you'll be replaced do what we tell you <clears throat> here's my keys bro I'm done I don't want this job you can't you can't sacrifice your integrity in what we do and so I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed by this statement by the United Football Players Association John O'Flynn, one of our P1s, says, St. Patrick's Day show on the Rod Peterson show? Clark Monroe, Jordan Blodgett, are ye on it? Probably not. We can't wear green here. So I don't know. Maybe you guys got something planned. I know I don't. From our sales uh, rep in Calgary, Jim Perry. Jimmy Two Tables. Hi, I'm Larry, and this is Daryl, and this is my other brother, Daryl. Are you old enough to remember? You are. New heart. Some uh, Armando in Mexico City says some football people in Mexico are going loco with the talk, the report of the CFL canceling the 21 and 22 seasons. Follow our Twitter, follow our stuff, and we'll tell you that it's not true. Uh, uh, that's it. You got anything else? No, that's great. Kk, okay, okay. Uh Yeah excited see you tonight 8 p.m access now television we've got the game oh i I know what it was i wanted to read this tweet this text here from ian real fast this is what marketing is showcasing the stars bedard and jagger need to be pumped up marketing the stars see you tonight at eight tomorrow at noon here on game plus who has
1: more fun than us (laughs)